Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 10.35 p.m. on Monday, March 25th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle and Samuel Shayola. We're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. Pretty much, we teach millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, while preparing them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site, marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. Those Twitter and IG handles are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop up right up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site, from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Yes. Alright. Hey, everyone. How y'all doing today? Uh, we are back with another podcast. We hope you wrapped up a great weekend and also had a great start to your week. Um, we had a good weekend. It was filled with work, um, rest. A Saturday, I think we just really chilled. Um, Game of Thrones. I've been. Um, I just started that series and finished it. Um, so that's been good and a little bit of family. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had a new addition to uh, some of our friends, and um, we're thanking God for that. It's honestly a beautiful, beautiful baby, so um, we're very happy for them, and, uh, you know, maybe even have some of our own coming soon. <laughs> um, okay. You heard the man. He's You heard it here first. Um, we're not pregnant, but, you know, kids are definitely on our radar at some point. You know it. Um, yeah. So with that, here we are, ready to podcast again. And uh, this time, we are talking infidelity. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, before we start, we do want to make sure to do a quick um, disclaimer. We are not here to tell you how to deal with infidelity um, because that's not our area of expertise. Um, yep. What we're really wanting to do here is we more so want to talk about the differences between fornication and adultery for our um, millennials in our current culture. And we also want to provide some biblical but practical signs of temptation so that when you see them, you know to flee from them. Yep. All right. Want to kick things off, boo? Yeah, man. I mean, um, we'll just start with the basics, which is basically uh, what is infidelity? Like... What do we see it as? Um, I think always a great a great baseline is to go with the biblical definition. So um, the another word for infidelity that they would use in the Bible would be adultery, right? And essentially, infidelity is where a spouse fails to refrain from sexual activity of any kind with another, um, with with anyone other than his or her spouse. Right. And now I know you're probably thinking, you know, why are we acting like you've never heard the word infidelity before, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, of course, we know that infidelity is something that is known across the board, no matter where you're from, you know, um, the concept of it or someone who has experienced it. Um, So yeah, we're not trying to act like you don't know what it means. Um, But we wanted to add another point because I don't think that most of our culture completely uses the definition accurately. Um, The key word in that kind 
kind of textbook definition that we just gave you was spouse. Spouse is that keyword, spouse. And that is so important because, you know, most single people, they think that they are experiencing infidelity when they are not. They're actually experiencing um, the side effects or the byproduct of fornication. And there is a difference. Yep, certainly is. You know, um, there, there is a culture of infidelity in our hedonistic, you know, um, context that we have here in America. And, um, you know, I guess what we'll do is we'll define even what hedonistic means. Hedonistic in and of itself means is basically you're, you're in, you're always in pursuit of pleasure. What is the next thing that's going to give me that, that good feeling? Um, and that's kind of what our culture is, is really geared on right now. Even in Christian culture. Yeah. Even in Christian culture. Correct. And, um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, um, the way the way I look at this is that on the sexual revolution side of things, we are thinking that there are no limits, no bounds that um, that that man should know um, in whatever nation you might be listening to this from. You a majority of the people that you're that you're around. What's going to happen is. You're gonna hear that. Oh, I should be allowed to do this. I should be allowed to do that. And not and and be guilt free, you know. And and that that to me is what the issue is. So like, in having having dealt with that issue of what hedonism is, that kind of goes into what we deal with today, which is this boyfriend girlfriend um, uh, subculture. And boyfriend girlfriend subculture is like where we have this issue where people are playing house and they're claiming that infidelity is them stepping out on one another. Um, but while they might be on the right track, they refuse to make the commitment, and uh, fornication then gets masked as adultery. But the fact of the matter is, this is a cheap imitation of what actual adultery is because you're refusing to actually take the next step to to a a covenant commitment with that person you're just hooking up with them while it's convenient right and i yeah i want to make clear that adultery is you are breaking a covenant and when you are boyfriend and girlfriend you just simply don't have that covenant to break um so it's not technically adultery um i also want to point out that you know the reason why, you know, you're so obsessed with a person that you're dating casually, you know, you may not act like a girlfriend, you may not text them like you're their girlfriend or, you know, boyfriend because you may not be in that space or maybe you are in that space and, you know, you're not engaged or you're not a spouse. So you kind of pull your feelings away is because naturally you desire marriage. Yep. And that's exactly why, you know, you're stalking the Instagram, like, you know, you're doing all these things because you naturally desire that um, that covenant with someone, but our culture is going to make you feel like, why do you desire marriage? Well, the institution is still holy, right? right? And, and that, 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 that lends itself towards the institution itself being holy. It's just us. We mar the image of the institution. We make it look bad. Right. And this is something that, um, Sam and I always say, um, the abuse of an institution has nothing to do with the functionality of it. Yeah, very much so. So, um, yeah. So, 
you know, and just biblically speaking, there's no such thing as boyfriend and girlfriend in the Bible. Um, You know, I just kind of think of like what our parents would do. Like, you know, when we were growing up, getting to that age where, you know, we started liking other, the opposite sex and to the age where your parents were actually somewhat comfortable with you dating. Like they just, they could date under supervision, but the parents would literally not even acknowledge that they were like, it's just like, that's just, that's your friend. They yeah. know the deal. Oh, but your friend? Just, yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause and, that's what he is. <laughs> right. And so it's like, now looking back on it, like biblically, they were, they were kind of right. Yeah, like, like you know, like, right. you know, cause technically that person did not really have a, you know, solidified role. Um, so yeah, now that we have addressed that, um, we want to talk to our married listeners and address a couple more points. Um, so to start, I want to say this about adultery. It pretty much adultery is sin, right? That's pretty much easy knowledge. Um, but sometimes I think that we, the way we describe sin, we act like it just comes to us. We know it's sin. Oh, look, there's sin across the sidewalk. I can't control it. It's coming to me. I see you. I don't like it. Like, no. Like, sin looks and presents itself as good, and that's how it lures you in. Like, if you don't like green beans, like, sin is not going to come to you as green beans. Hmm. It's going to come to you as this nice, juicy ice cream sundae with a banana and cherry on top that just happens to have poison at the bottom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, so... For our married listeners, and even those who are actively on their journey to marriage, we wanted to kind of point out some direct and indirect red flags to look out for so that, you know, when you're experiencing things, you won't fall into that temptation of infidelity. Yeah, so I mean, we can go into several different types of examples. We have explicit ones, we have implicit ones, and we'll just go bit by bit so you can kind of get a little bit of a sampling uh, and, and, you know, you probably have some ideas of your own, which you absolutely can leave in the comment section below. Please share any other things that we probably didn't think of. And um, so like one, for example, obviously the top one is if you have sex with someone outside of your marriage, that is explicitly infidelity. Right. <laughs> it doesn't it, get any much clearer than that. Yeah. yeah. A, B, C. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um. So, yeah, so that is obviously one of the easiest ones to know um, in regards to, hey, you just tripped over a landmine. Um, the, the next one that we have here is a li- it gets a little bit fuzzy, but um, it's, it's uh, being overly physical or affectionate with another who is not your spouse. Um, now, one thing that we want to kind of emphasize here is uh, the Bible verse, and I think it's I think it's Second Thessalonians, it might be first, but it's about um, saying that you know you want to avoid the appearance of all evil, um, and and what I mean by that is if there are certain gestures that I do for my wife particularly, I want to make sure that I'm not doing that for other women. I don't want to then extend that exact same physical gesture that I do with my wife to other women. Now. I want to say that especially to our married couples because what you you tend to get distracted with all the whatever the cultural things are but you need to focus on your spouse in that moment. What is it that my spouse will is not going to put up with and what is it that they are okay with? Yeah, and I think that that all kind of come down to knowing your spouse because each spouse is different, you know? Yep. Like there are certain things that 
a spouse, a, a wife may really be a stickler for that I just may not care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Um, and I know, like, for example, like some women, you know, they just, you know, don't hug my spouse. No. Right. N- like nothing handshake handshake friendly wave friendly wave side hug maybe side, yeah <laughs> but then me on the other hand i'm just like i don't care like yeah, you know what i'm saying it's not like a big deal it, i i will respectfully not hug your spouse mm-hmm. but i could care less if you hug mine like you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i hope i'm not being too naive in, sh- in saying that but um hey and- that's just me. Yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I think it's a reasonable uh, uh, a point of view that you have. But, um, you know, I think, like I said, every spouse has their different gray area where they're like, hey, this is just, I'm not comfortable with that. Right. And you just need to learn that. And whenever you see another woman doing something that you know is just like your spouse is absolutely just not going to tolerate then you need to make that known. Save yourself right? the trouble. Even if it's awkward, just make it known so that that person knows I should never go there with that person again. Yeah, just save yourself the trouble. The one thing, you know, I always tell, like, Sam, just kind of as we grow together, is like, you know, we don't have to make this marriage thing anything any harder than it already is or needs to be. Make <laughs> it easy on yourself. Just don't do it. It's just yeah, it's that exactly. simple. Um, so, yeah, moving on to the next point. Well, well, even before that, just real quick, if you don't mind, it's also a heart motive as well. Um, there, And that's the, that's the weird part is that learn to, when your spouse does go against your gray area, your subjective gray area, whatever it might be, um, God will judge that particular spouse if they are doing that of ill intent to be um, overly affectionate, such and such. Um, Give a little grace if you can. Um, If you know it's a repeated thing, bring it up to another person that you believe is going to um, judge the the situation rightly. But um, give a little grace if you can. Talk about it with your spouse before you bring it up to other people, obviously. These are things that you can do to help mediate that situation. But anyway, so going on to the next point, um, sharing intimate details of yourself or your um, or your spouse. And now, let me let me give you let me let me kind of I'll break this down to more practical terms for guys. Locker room talk, right? We we know what locker room talk is um, for girls. You know what your gossip amongst the girls can be and the things that you might say that are sexually explicit that you should not say that put images of your partner in the minds of other men or images of your partner in the minds of other women. You are you don't want to invite other people into your bedroom, whether that be physically or mentally. And that is where I was kind of going with that particular point, that there are aspects in which I see sometimes Christian men think that it's still okay to talk about the talk about their spouse in a way that maybe they used to talk about um, people before they became a Christian. Um, um, So I I think that um, I think that we need to be careful with our tongues and what it is that we reveal to other people. I also think that um, another aspect I would add to that is, um, you know, sharing those, sharing intimate details about you and your spouse can also mean like, 
your spouse's flaws, depending on who it is you're talking to. Um, like, you know, there's some people who, you know, you trust to kind of shepherd over your marriage, um, to provide unbiased biblical advice, um, as you guys do life with each other. But outside of that, like, you know, it's kind of like when you're, if, if you're dating, right, and you're not married, and you tell the guy, like, all the bad things about you or your dating experiences, all that person now has to do is become a chameleon. Mm-hmm. And so when you have those conversations about your spouse, especially, like, your spouse's flaws, mm-hmm. there is, there's, there's a bit of protection that should occur. Protection of one, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. The like reputation of your... Right, because what you can indirectly fall into is you're spilling out the errors and the things you don't like in your spouse and all another person has to do is just become those things yeah i forgot what movie that there was a movie uh there's probably several movies with this this, it's a common trope basically what happens is there's a husband right and he's divulging the the problems of his marriage to the woman and I remember a particular pastor pointing out, I forgot what movie this was, but this particular pastor pointed out that it was at that moment, before there was any you know, extramarital sexual relations or whatever like that, it was at that moment infidelity entered that relationship. Right. And um, I think that's something that, yeah, you definitely need to learn not only to protect your spouse's uh, physical image as far as for inviting other people in, in that imagery into your into their minds, but... Also, their reputations as well. Yep. So, so our next point is uh, secret texting. Oh yeah, secret texting and and uh, and, and sexting. Uh, sexting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, texting is um, it's rather new, but it's basically just sending letters. It's the same. Like, it's funny. Like, we have new technological ways of doing things, but it's really just an old way. Because, like, if you were to go in the olden times when people would cheat or do things, you would see letters. Send a raven. Yeah. <laughs> Sent out to the to the mistress, though, right? And that mistress would have, you know, a diary or a collection of all the letters that her um that that the 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 husband of the other woman would be sending her and um you know like obviously those things are also implicitly um immoral and uh sexual immoral uh, well, I mean adultery right and um you know in our household we have a time we have a cutoff time to where like after that time you know unless that person is just on speaker or like just a confidant of, of of us both where we know it's like no big deal um you know we there's 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 no reason why we feel we need to be texting someone of the opposite sex after a certain hour but that's just something that we've kind of put yeah in our household um and it's, and it's completely subjective to you but yeah that's one thing um so yeah kind of wrapping up that point another thing we want to get we want to touch on is porn pornography yes um this is biggie this is a big one. Um, I saw your point here that it says, like, even with your spouse. Want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So, like, some people think when, they, when you say Wanna porn. Want to PG elaborate on that? Right, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, people think that when you say porn that, you know, it's it's always just 
the other person sneaking off and watching it on their own and, you know, self-gratification in whatever way. Um, but it also happens, what I'm starting to see now is that, like, people are trying to find honesty in, they're, they're, they're masking, they're saying that they have a virtue of honesty because they're saying, well, I'm being honest with my spouse about it. And we watch it together. That, that doesn't mean that you're honest. What that actually means is that if, like, if you have a discerning eye, that just means that you have no shame. Right. That's really what it comes down to, is that you have no shame. And then like, there's so many other ways in which porn is, um, is infidelity. Um, obviously it's because you're, you are now, you have the image, just like we talked about before about protecting your spouse's image. You're looking at the image of another woman. And because you have now looked at the image of another woman, think about what Jesus said. Jesus said that if you just look upon a woman with lust in your eye, then you have what? Committed adultery. Right. And I think a lot of times we try to kind of detach the action from the, or or the action. Like we try to detach the sin from the action, especially where porn is concerned. Like Because it's a screen. So like you try to say like, okay, well, I'm just doing this for my self gratification. Like once I'm done with it, like, you know, um, it's no big deal. Like I'm not a vested. But at the end of the day, um, you know. You're searching for certain things mm-hmm. when you're on those websites. You're certain. You're searching for certain um, body types, certain looks, certain um, fantasies, certain things at bedroom activities. Mm-hmm. So there, you you have a specific thing that you're looking for. There is a woman that you're trying to find on there, mm-hmm. um, but and she doesn't have to be in your bed per se for it to be considered infidelity because at the end of the day what you're doing is you're knowing another woman or idolizing another woman's body as opposed to your spouse and that can even just be a snowball of things because you know you may not be having sex with your spouse as much and we'll get into that a little bit later um you may not there I personally feel like there are certain things that sex helps yeah. in your marriage well, there's certain like there are certain, it shouldn't be this way completely, but like, you know, there are certain ways, I guess, like a husband knows, like, you know, if I just like really cut up, like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to get what I desire. But if you're getting it from porn, you don't care because well, you're well, already fulfilling that desire. So the other thing I think about that is that when you are looking at porn, you don't realize the abuse you're even doing to that person on that screen that you're watching. Um, a lot of people don't know, and I've heard a lot of pastors who um, who actually preach to these people in these areas of, of the industry. Um, there's a lot of abuse, a lot of sexual abuse that happens on those particular uh, stages. A lot of alcohol abuse, a lot of drugs abuse, a lot of things that go because people cannot, people themselves, they can't even do those things sober. Right. And, um, and so you in participating in that are funding that you don't realize that you are, but you are. And, um, I think you need to, you need to think about it from that point of view, because that even that woman as, 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 um, as hedonistic as that woman might be, she is still made in God's image. And even though she doesn't respect herself, doesn't mean that you should not respect her. Right. Um, and, and you should all obviously also respect your wife 
first and foremost before you even respect someone who's out here, you know, showing themselves on the internet. You got respecting your wife and saying that, you know what, I have made the commitment that I'm going to love your body. And you. just like, you know, like Christ, he, he likes to say, he, he, as he is the head and the church is his body, like, or even he looks at the church as his bride, right? Like that is something that we have to think about. That image, that that metaphor has to stay intact. And you're you're completely messing it up when you watch porn. Yep. So our next point is flirting. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty self-explanatory one. Well, it's it's self-explanatory, but it, it kind of goes into like... So culturally, there's the new thing of when you flirt... Uh, well, well, I guess we'll, we'll let's bring it into the into into the workspace, right? So like, flirting happens in people's workspaces, um, amongst people of the opposite sex, and when flirting happens in the workspaces, they they they've invented these new things within those workspaces, and that is the work wife or the work husband. Yeah, like a work work spouse, and pretty much what a work spouse is is essentially it's a person who sees all the good in you but no sin in you because they don't mm-hmm. do life with you that that well but what we convince ourselves a work spouse is is somebody who is like your husband but just without all the 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 horrible stuff that you think your spouse does and it's like kind of like the grass is always greener on the other side it's like you envision that that work spouse is like you know the other side like he 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 gets you your water like or he may you know hold the door for you in the copy room and you're just like oh my husband just like just walked to his car five days this whole week like and then you start idolizing your work bay yeah essentially it's it's, it's kind of like the what happens there is the same way that like for example a kid um let's say if a kid comes from a, a family that is that is um separated um that child is living with, um, let's say, the mother or the father mostly, and they only get to visit the other parent every so often. Well, when they visit the other parent, the parent that they visit every every once in a while, they go out to Six Flags with them. They go all out the to fun dinner. Stuff. They do all the fun stuff, and they, they, they tend to look at that parent as though they're the good parent and the parent who's doing the actual parenting who actually has to deal with you every day, seeing the good and the bad of you. Um, they look at them as the bad parent. And that is exactly what happens with the work bay or whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's a very false caricature of what it actually means to be married. So, you know, don't fall for the, the flirtations at work or the flattery. What, think about what flattery is. I was talking about this today with some folks. Um, flattery is the desire for the unearned. What people are doing when they flatter you is they're, they're giving you a compliment on something that you did nothing to earn or, or, or work on. You see, like, for example, your character is something that you work on, right? Your character is something you work on. But for example, if I see a beautiful woman at the office and I, and she's married and I'm single, and I'm telling her how beautiful she is. Oh, if I was your husband, blah, 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 blah. I would do this. I would do that. You're just, you're you're flattering her with all these words that she doesn't necessarily, she didn't have to necessarily work to get those things. But are you talking about her character, for example? Typically, most men are talking about things that she was just born with, right? Yeah, and... um. 
You know, I really think it's major. I mean, I think that flattery can be on your character as well. Um, but um, this is this is a major point because we say this so lightly. And it's not really often that the person, your work spouse is going to say, if I was your spouse, I would do this. Like nine times out of 10, that does not happen because you would be calling HR. But, um, <laughs> but um, what does happen is there's like, an unspoken connection between you two. And now you're at home, like, trying to get super razzled and dazzled for work because you're trying to impress work bay. not even com- completely missing the fact that you have a whole spouse at home that mm-hmm. you n- need to miss. Go to work and miss your spouse or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, so that's a really big point. It's really big in our culture, millennials. Just, yeah, I see it on social media platforms all the time. People are chatting about, you know, work work bay. And so it, it it's a cool conversation or, like, funny. It seems funny, but you can land yourself in some serious um some serious um, trouble, especially if you're not careful in a culture that normalizes things like this and normalizes sin to the point where you become numb to it. Yeah, um, I mean, like we said uh, towards the beginning, you need to learn to flee sin, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, But, you know, one thing we want to say about all of these points that we've just made, like, everything that we said was geared towards the, the, the couples, but... In regards to like you know having sex with someone who's not your spouse, this is also something that's geared towards single people, right? Yeah. Because you know while there are situations where maybe two married people are you know cheating, but um, it usually never starts that way. Yeah, it's typically you have a married couple and then you have a single third party who comes in, and um, because that's happened, because that happens. It, it it also behooves single people to be aware of these trappings as well. Um, if you're if you are a single man and you see that uh, you know some woman who is not having eyes for her husband, but she instead is overly flirtatious with you, or um, she's calling you work bay, you know, like stuff like that. Flee and from it, her. Yeah, you gotta flee from her. Like as I don't care what she looks like you need to, you you have to flee from her and i mean if, if if you ever get a chance read proverbs 5 read proverbs 5 because staying in situations like that you will end up you will end up wasting your energy and getting yourself caught up in things that down the road i mean it could be i mean they call it all the time like you end up having a kid with a woman out of wedlock and now you have 21 years of child support right or whatever it might be that that is the punishment for that one act um of uh of infidelity so um don't don't overburt don't get yourself burdened down because you didn't know how to flee at the beginning right so um sam made a point that kind of brings us into our next point the effects of infidelity um so broken homes um, is one thing that I think people don't really talk about because I think it's normal now to be in a family where you have a single parent. Um, but I don't think we realize like what that does to children, but the statistics are everywhere. Like once you break up a family, no matter how well you try to co-parent or no matter how, um, much you feel like you're doing it right, that void is there 
been there, done that, got a t-shirt. Like, you know, like, it's there. Um, another thing is abortion. Well, yeah. So um, when it comes to abortion, it's funny. I recently had a conversation with um, some friends about this yesterday even. And the reason why abortion is... Uh, you The reason why abortion is prevalent is because uh, the, the conversation we had was saying that... Um, Politics is downstream from culture, but culture is downstream from the family, from the individual and the family. And that when whenever you have a family that has already, they've already fallen for the sin of fornication and adultery, right? Then they will be more apt to be okay with abortion mills being in their communities because they because they've already they've already kind of it's it's almost like they've sold their soul in that aspect you see everybody wants to, wants to talk about selling your soul in regards to like illuminati and stuff like that. you sell your soul on a daily basis depending on what sin it is that you actually you know give into and fornication and adultery are a sin that manifests later on down the road culturally with the sin of abortion so you know, that is something that will always be here unless as a culture and as a family unit, we finally say to ourselves, we're actually done with this thing called infidelity. We're not going to let it have a grip on our on our family as an individual. And then that spreads. That spreads because as each family makes that commitment, then you recreate a new culture. Right, right, right. Um, why don't you talk about... Um biblically infidelity um and just the split that it caused um in israel i saw that you had that as a point there i thought that was really good wanted to elaborate on that yeah so i mean like when it comes to um infidelity i mean we know what happened with uh king david king solomon with all his concubines and wives um Abraham even, right? Like, um, because of King Solomon's infidelity, um, you had the northern and the southern kingdom that literally completely separated from each other. So, um, and then and then on top of that, you know, like Ishmael, think think about what like the contention that we have today with Islam as as a Christian as, as an as a Christian culture in the world. Um, there's a huge contention there and it's a contention that if you trace it back goes back to infidelity a abraham uh didn't want to wait on god right and what did he do his wife offered to bring another woman into their bedroom he of course happily by the way obliged that was him giving into his flesh and then that birthed the child Ishmael, and Ishmael is what led into Islam, if you follow that lineage and how that goes. So um, you have to think about the ramifications of this, because as much as sex is actually for pleasure, um, sex also also results in kids. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we don't, we don't actually think about, is that children are a result often of sex 
And the Bible looks at children as arrows. Arrows, if you aren't aware, are weapons of war. They're not just what Cupid shoots with his cherub to make you fall in love with other people. But, um, uh, yeah, children are seen as weapons of war. So the way you raise your child is going to depend on what team you're on and what at which direction you're shooting. You understand what I'm saying? So make sure that when you're when you're thinking about how to be sexually moral and um, how to not commit adultery, um, that you're thinking about what the consequences of that adultery can bring. So. All right. So um, our fourth point. And our last point is um, we kind of want to give you some super practical ways um, to guard against um, infidelity. Like, you know, you've heard the effects of it. You've heard it from a single married perspective, things that you can do to be proactive and preventative. Um, So we wanted to kind of um, wrap this podcast up with practicality, really. Um, Application. Right. With Mm -hmm. some application. Thank you, hun. Um, so the first point is have, have sex, sex with, with your, your spouse. spouse. Just have sex. Just have sex with your own spouse. You know, like and and like I said, make it marriage as simple as it needs to be. Like ABC. Like you know, just make it super simple. You know, biblically, it's your duty to give up the booty. Like you know, <laughs> like you know, just have sex with your spouse. <laughs> and that yeah. may not be the easiest thing to do, you know, of maybe course. Maybe you have to learn your spouse. Not only that, to... but maybe maybe you have to learn your spouse for what they like, but maybe you have to learn to like like your spouse in that way. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're freshly married. So, of course, most married couples, they're just in that love stage where they're kind of you know doing the do nobody really has to tell them to do the do unless there's like a a connection issue um but marriage is for life and you know marriage goes through phases where having sex with your spouse may not be the most desirable thing for you at that time Mm. you may not be attracted to your spouse many (laughs) times before death do you part um so you know, have sex with your spouse. I say that um, with confidence, but I also say that with understanding um, because I know that we're kind of in the beginning of the game with no idea how that can change, right. you know, through as the years go by. But, um, yeah, if you if you can or if you can fight through any feelings of hesitation, have sex with your spouse. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it seems very practical, but... Um, uh, it seems too practical to have a spiritual application, but like, you know, when, as Christians, you don't want to, you know, the, the, the goal is to be heavenly minded, but, um, you know, taking care of your, taking good care of your body, um, you know, to the glory of God, by the way, it does have a residual effect. It has a residual effect. And that, and, and what I mean by that is that when you take care of your body and you're doing that to the, to the glory of God, um, staying healthy is attractive to your to your spouse. That that's the way God made us, as far as our physical eyes, to 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 be attracted to those things. And um, now, 
I, I do recognize that there are situations as you get older that um, maybe ailments or, you know, glandular issues or whatever it might be that might cause, um, you know, you haven't kept up as well as you used to be back when you were younger. That we understand. But um, and, and, and in that aspect, we, we kind of came up with the point of pray for your contentment. Pray for your contentment um, of your own heart and of your spouse. Because, you know, like the fact of the matter is there will always be somebody who is um, taller, um, uh, darker, more handsome, maybe got a little bit more money than me, whatever it is that everybody, you know, typically looks for in a man. Um, that is something that will always be there. Um, but when we pray for contentment and we pray that God is what we can, what we can lean on for all of our contentment, um, and be happy with, um, then it, it helps guard our hearts so that we can love our spouses best. Yep. And that is it. That concludes our podcast. Um, I think we made some great points today. I know we got a ton of stuff, um, to kind of put out for you guys tomorrow. Um, again, just to kind of wrap up, just knowing the difference between fornication and adultery for our single folks out there. Um, not being afraid to say you're looking for marriage when you're out dating. Like, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with like just kind of being clear on what you are. Hey man, weed them out. Um, also just knowing the examples of infidelity, those implicit and explicit, those right in your face, and those that are a little bit more sugar-coated. Um, knowing that sin um, is alluring, um, but it's um, a betrayer is another thing we want to make sure to reiterate. Um, the effects of infidelity, we talked about that, you know, broken homes and things of that nature. And then, you know, how to guard against infidelity. One, have a healthy sex life with your spouse and two, um, you know, try to keep yourself up, um, physically, mentally, and just different things that, you know, will draw you closer to your spouse. And, you know, uh, pray for your contentment as well. Um, so that even when those things aren't the tea, uh, with you or your spouse, um, you're still able to, um, look at the good things and, um, find things that will still, um, you know, encourage you to draw close and draw near to your spouse. Yep. All right. Um, wonderful podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoy it and we will be back with another next week. See you later. All right, guys. Bye.